Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We are so glad you are joining us for today's message. We hope it encourages and empowers you to follow Jesus. Enjoy, and God bless. We also live. What an amazing day to be a child of God. Amen? What an amazing day to be in God's house, to be in his presence, and to be with brothers and sisters in Christ to fellowship and, and love and, and, and just really experience the realness of God. I too want to welcome our first time guest. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I pray that although you may be a first time guest today, that we see you next week. And um, amen. Come back and be with us and, and just be a part of what God is doing. But Restoration Church, let's welcome them one more time if you will. I too want to say Happy Resurrection Day to our online viewers. Thank you for joining us today. I pray that you've been blessed by what you have witnessed and what you've experienced so far. Well, today I'm going to be reading from the 22nd chapter of Luke. So if you want to turn there, I'll give you a few moments to get there. Luke 20, uh, chapter 22. And we're going to begin our reading in verse 47. The scripture will also be behind me on the wall, so you can follow there if you like. Luke 22:47. Thank you, Jesus, that your tomb is empty. Amen. He is not there, but he has arisen. Luke 22, verse 47. And while he was still speaking, behold, a multitude. And he who was called Judas one of the twelve went before them and drew near to kiss Jesus. But Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When those around him saw what was going to happen, they said to him, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus answered and said, permit even this. And he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, captains of the temple, and the elders who had come to him, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you daily in the temple, you did not try to seize me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. Having arrested him, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. And when they'd kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. And a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, This man was also with him. But he denied him, saying, Woman, I do not know him. Now after a little while, another saw him and said, you are also one of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. Then after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, surely this man also was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you're saying. Immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter 
Then Peter remembered the words of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Father, we thank you for your word. God, I pray that in these next few moments, you would cause your word to come alive in the hearts of your people like never before. Holy Spirit, come. Be joined with me now in the most magnificent way. Let your anointing flow in this house. Let your anointing be on this word. Open the ears and the understanding of your people. And Lord, use this word to draw each one of us a little bit closer to you. We've come to celebrate your resurrection. And may we come to a place, God, of experiencing and encountering you in a way that magnifies you in our lives like never before. Let today be a day of new beginning for us all. Open our eyes to a new truth. Give us revelation, God. Cause us to come to a place of committing to you in a whole nother level, I pray. Have your way right now, Holy Spirit, in this place. Bless the people of God with the word of God, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, my brother. Well, today, as we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, I'm going to speak a message to you entitled, Do You Know Him? Do you know him? You know, the years that Jesus spent on earth changed the entire course of mankind like no other period before. In the short 33 plus years that the Lord was physically here on earth, the faith of man changed from one of works and destruction to one of hope for eternal life. In the two days that are the bookends of his life on earth, his birth and his resurrection are widely recognized throughout the, throughout the world. The birth of Jesus has been embraced by people from all walks of life as a time of celebration. Even people of other faith recognizes the significance of the birth of the Son of Man. His birth has, even to this day, a tremendous impact on the physical existence of man throughout the entire world. An impact that we all feel in different ways and for different reasons due to the way the birth of Jesus has been commercialized. People from all walks of life tries to get in on it and find ways to profit in the natural from the birth of our Savior. But we understand that we, we prosper in a totally different way. We profit in a totally different way from his birth. And please don't get me wrong. We should celebrate his birth. For if he had not been born, he could not have died. But I submit to you today that 
Although his birth is to be celebrated, the biggest party should be about today, the day of his resurrection. As Christians, our greatest joy should be in celebrating the death and resurrection of Jesus. Because he died and rose from the dead, we have been redeemed and put in a position of power, authority, and kingdom rule on earth. Even over the powers and the forces of hell. When Jesus was approached by Judas and the band of people who came to arrest him, he said this to them, this is your hour and the power of darkness. This is your hour and the power of darkness. Think about that. He said his arrest and subsequent crucifixion was the hour of power for evil. It was their time to gloat. It was their time to rejoice, believing that they had won. But we know something they did not know, and that is this. All they did was help God fulfill his plan to strip Satan of his rule of a man and on earth. It was all part of God's great plan. The religious leaders who came to arrest Jesus had seen him daily in the temple teaching about the kingdom of God. Yet for fear of a a riot, they did not arrest him. So they came secretly at night under the influence of the prince of darkness, Satan himself, who, by the way, does his best work in darkness. And though it looked as if Satan had gotten the upper hand, everything was proceeding according to God's plan. It was all part of God's declaration. The time had come for Jesus to die for the sins of man. And God used Satan to help accomplish it. Now, the time between the evening of the arrest of Jesus and the death of Jesus was filled with many things. As this tug of war between the powers of hell and the kingdom of God unfolded, man was caught in the middle of this clash of the ages. It all started when Satan entered Judas's chariot, one of Jesus' disciples. And then Judas went to the leading priests and captains to discuss how to best betray Jesus into their hands. Later on, Jesus sat down with his disciples to have what he knew was going to be his last meal before his death. At this meal, he he spoke of his his, his imminent departure and he revealed to them that Judas was going to betray him. While at this meal, Jesus gets up He removes his clothes. He wraps himself in a towel. He gets a basin of water. And he began to wash the feet of his disciples, including Judas. Because he wanted to demonstrate how we are to serve 
and minister to one another. Jesus then tells Judas, what you are going to do, do it quickly. So Judas got up from the table and went to gather the mob to come and arrest our Lord. As they sit around, his disciples assured him they would not betray him. Jesus tells Peter, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. To which Peter said, Lord, I'm ready to go to prison with you, even die with you. And it was interesting to me that, that Peter thought Jesus may be going to prison. Suggesting that when he spoke those words, he had not yet fully grasped the reality that Jesus was going to die. And as the events of that night unfolded, Peter realized that Jesus was not just going to prison, but in fact, he was going to die just like he had prophesied. Peter also realized something else. He realized he was not yet ready to die for Jesus as he had so boldly proclaimed. After the meal, Jesus and his followers got up and went into the Garden of Gethsemane where he prayed earnestly for God to take away the cup of suffering he was to bear for the sins of the world. And because God's divine plan had to be carried out, God sent an angel to strengthen the Lord during his moment of weakness. As Jesus prayed more fervently, his spirit being in intense agony, sweat fell from him like great drops of blood. When he'd finished praying, he came to his disciples and found them sleeping, exhausted from grief. Jesus said to them, why are you asleep? Get up and pray so that you would not give in to temptation. I believe the Lord is saying the same things to the church today. Why are you asleep? Why are you asleep? Get up and pray that you will not give in to temptation. Do you know him? Are you asleep? Have you allowed yourself to be overcome with temptation? Will you pray and ask God to help you along the way? He awaits your invitation to get more involved in your life. He's not going to force his way in, but he will come in if you invite him to. He awaits that invitation. As Jesus is speaking to his disciples, Judas comes with the crowd of people to arrest him. And in an attempt to protect him, Peter pulls out a sword and slices off the ear of a servant of the high priest. When he did, Jesus touched the man's ear and healed him and said to his disciples, no more of this. Even as he was being arrested, Jesus showed love and compassion for those who came to do him harm. So they led him away with Peter following at a safe distance. 
You see, Peter was doing all he could to support this man named Jesus who had turned his world upside down. And as he stood around the crowd, trying to stay close by, trying to keep an eye on what was going on, people in the crowd began to notice him. They recognized him as a follower of Jesus. The lady said to him, I, you, you, was, you, you was with him. Peter said, I don't know him. A little while later, someone else said, surely you was with him. I don't know him. Then a third person said, you was with him. Your speech betrays you. In another, in another one of the other gospels, it says, your speech betrays you. And it said that Peter began to curse and swear, saying, I don't know the man. I don't know him. The third time Peter said, I don't know him. The rooster crowed. He remembered the words of Jesus. And when he looked at Jesus, Jesus looked at him. And their eyes connected. Without uttering a word, I believe the eyes of Jesus said to Peter, I told you you was going to deny me. Not once, not twice, but three times. And when the Lord looked at him, Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. He had done all he could, church, to stay close to Jesus during Jesus' most desperate moment, but Peter failed. He did not even have the courage to admit that he even knew the man. What about you? Do you know him? Will you hold to what you know about him if facing danger? Or will you do what Peter did and deny him to save your skin? Now, there are two levels of knowing that I want to address real quickly this morning. The first is, do you know him as your Lord and Savior? That's a question for some of you here. Do you know him as your Lord and Savior? Have you given your heart to him? Have you been redeemed from the pit of hell by the blood of Jesus? Do you know him in that way? The second level is, do you know him intimately? For those of you who say, yes, pastor, I've been saved. I'm born again. I've been redeemed. This is a question to you. Do you know him intimately? There is a knowledge of God that is similar to that of a a friend. And I believe, sadly, most of the American church who know Jesus know him in that way. 
They have a very shallow knowledge of who God is and that knowledge is revealed by how they live, by what they say, by their commitment or their lack of commitment to the body of Christ. You see, you cannot know him intimately and not be intimately connected to his body. You just can't do it. Because what we do is not, it's not, not something the man dreamed up. It's something that Jesus put in place. He said, this is my church. Do you know him intimately? God would not have you to just know him as a friend. He wants you to know him intimately. He wants you to love him with all your heart. He wants to be the most important person or the most important thing in your life. God does not want to compete with the things of this world for your time and your attention, your affection. God wants you to know him like a man knows his wife, intimately. He wants you to know him better than you know and trust your closest friend. Do you know him in that way? Peter in his moment of temptation, denied knowing Jesus. He swore, he cursed, he vehemently claimed that he did not know him. Out of fear, Peter would not admit to even knowing Jesus. How about you? Are you afraid to tell people that you not only know God, but that you also love God? Are you ashamed to admit of your relationship with him? That you have bet your, your eternal state of existence on his word? Do you uphold his honor? Do you defend his name? Do you know him? You know, I grew up with parents who knew God and loved God. And they lived out that love. I grew up going to church regularly because my father was a Baptist pastor and I didn't have a choice in the matter. I had to go. How many PKs we've got in here? If you're a PK, raise your hand. You know what I'm talking about. Didn't have a choice. You had to go. But listen, the knowledge that I had of God was based on what I saw in them. It was not at all personal I confessed faith in God and was baptized at the age of six. But all that was was a religious exercise that lacked true knowledge of what Jesus had done for me. But all of that changed the day I met Jesus and gave my life to God. Amen. Yeah, clap for me. If you're going to clap for you, clap for me. Clap for me. Because I met the man. I met the man. I know the man. I know him. And when I met him, my life changed. And I've been on this amazing journey with God ever since that faithful Sunday before Christmas of 1986. On December the 21st, 1986, my life changed forever. That was the day I met Jesus and I gave my life to God. And there was two realities, church, that I came to know that day for the first time in my life. Those two realities were, one, God is real. And the second reality was, 
that very real God loves me. When I met Jesus, I fell in love with him. And I began to grow in my knowledge of who he was. I wasn't satisfied to just be saved. I wasn't satisfied to just come to church on an occasional basis. Listen, if the church door was open, I wanted to be there because I felt like if I wasn't there, I'm going to miss something that God has for me. Do you know him? Do you hunger for him? Are you satisfied to just be a Sunday morning Christian or a Christian every now and then? Every now and then? But it's not a daily reality of your life. Do you know him? I fell in love with Jesus. If you were to ask me, Pastor, do you know him? My answer would be, not like I want to. Pastor, did you know him? Yes, I know him. But not like I want to. I want to know him more deeply. I want to love him more fervently. Listen, I want to be his favorite child in the room. I want to know him in that way. I want to be his favorite child. I want to be like John, the beloved disciple, and I want to lean into his chest and feel God's breath on me. Do I know him? You bet I know him, but not like I want to. Paul said in Philippians 3, verse 10 and 11, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I'll experience the resurrection from the dead. I want to know him so that even the fear of death would not make me deny him. I want to know him that I might experience the power of our resurrected Lord in my daily life. I want the same power that raised Jesus from the dead to be in me. I want to know him in that way. I want to know him. When Peter was confronted, He said, I don't know the man. But I want to give you another perspective on Peter's denial. You see, it was customary in that day that if the leader of a group or a sect was arrested, his followers would also be arrested and face the same penalty as their leader in order to totally dissolve or stop the movement. Peter was key to carrying out what Jesus had started. And although Jesus knew Peter was going to deny him, he also knew that Peter was going to grow from that experience. He told Peter in Luke 22, verses 31 and 32, he said, Simon, Simon, 
Indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And Simon, when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. He knew Peter was going to stray. He knew Peter was going to deny him. But he also knew Peter was going to return. And Jesus said, when you return to me, Peter, be a strength to your brethren. And that sifting came in the form of fear, a fear that made Peter deny Jesus. It was all, church, hear this, somehow part of God's plan. You see, Peter could not be arrested that night because he needed to carry out what Jesus had started. You see, Peter knew Jesus perhaps better than anyone else. Peter knew him as the one who called him out of the boat that he may walk on water. That's the way Peter knew Jesus. Peter knew him as the one who transfigured right before his eyes, becoming as raging as his son. Peter knew him as the one who fed over 5,000 people with, 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 with five loaves and two fish. Peter knew him. Peter knew him as the one who turned water into wine. He knew him as the one whom John the Baptist had proclaimed, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Peter knew him as that Lamb. Peter knew him as the one who raised Lazarus from the dead, the one who opened blind eyes and closed ears. Peter knew him as the one who loosed the tongue of the mute. Peter knew him as the one who cast out demons, the one who walked in God's power and authority like no one had ever done before. Peter also knew him to be a man of compassion, a forgiver of wrongdoers, a lover of sinners. He knew him as the one who walked in both grace and truth. Peter saw the Lord's tender side. He witnessed him weeping. He heard him praying. Peter knew the man. But in his moment of fear, Peter denied knowing Jesus. Yet God took what appeared to be so bad and used it for his good. Jesus did not give up on Peter even after his denial because he knew Peter was going to be a better follower after he had been sifted. Mark chapter 16. I'm going to conclude with reading Mark 16. Mark 16. Verse 1. Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices that they might come and anoint him. 
Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go. Tell his disciples and But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This angel said, go. said, this is the word of the risen Savior. Go and tell my disciples and Peter that I am not dead. Go and tell them that I have risen from the dead. Tell my disciples and Peter that the tomb is empty, that death has been swallowed up by life. Tell them that I am alive and have been given all power in heaven and on earth. And that same Jesus who sent that message to Peter, sends a message to you today, a message of forgiveness, one of hope, a message that God loves you no matter what. The question is, do you know him? He is Savior of the world. He is the one who baptized with the Holy Spirit. He is our healer, and he is our soon-coming king. Do you know him? No other king could vanquish the war horse or silence the warrior's rage while riding the lowly back of a donkey. No other king could break the dominion of darkness, the tyranny of evil, with a reign of grace and a kingdom of peace. No other king could give his life for the redemption of rebels, his wealth to welcome the outcast. Jesus is that king, the king of glory, son of the living God. Not just another king, not just another prophet, not just another teacher. He was the one the world had been waiting for. The one to deliver us from captivity, the son of David and Abraham's chosen seed. He is the goal of the Mosaic law, Yahweh in the flesh. He is the one to establish God's reign and rule, to heal the sick, give sight to the blind, freedom to the prisoners, and proclaim good news to the poor. This Jesus was the creator come to earth and the beginning of a new creation. 
fulfilled the commandments and reversed the curse. This Jesus is the Christ that God spoke of to the serpent, the one prefigured to Noah in the flood, the one promised to Abraham, the one guaranteed to Moses before he died, the one promised to David during his reign, the one revealed to Isaiah as a suffering servant, the one predicted through the prophets and prepared for through John the Baptist. He is the Father's Son, Savior of the world, and substitute for our sins. More loving, more holy, and more wonderfully terrifying than we ever thought possible. He is our Jesus, and there is no other king like him. He is our God, our glory, our victorious Savior. There is no other king like him. There is no other king. Do you know him? How intimately do you know him? Bow your heads for just a moment. We'll have the ushers prepare to come on up. We're going to receive communion in just a minute, but before we do, I want to give you an opportunity to get to know the man. If you're here today and if you say, Pastor, I don't know him. I, I, I can't say that if I died today that heaven would be my home then you do not know him as your savior. If you say, I want to make sure that I know him in that way, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Amen. Just raise your hand. Say, I want to make sure I know him as my savior. Amen. To the rest of you, how many of you would say, I want to know him more intimately? I want to be his favorite child in the room. I want to be that one that he whispers to in the middle of the night. I want to be that one that he comes to, that one that he trusts. I want to be that one who understands the depth of his love. in just a moment but listen it has to be a commitment of your heart you have to understand that God is calling you to a place of knowing him in a greater way you have got to give your heart to him like never before you've got to stop calling him Lord and let him be your Lord Let's pray this together. Father, I come to you today and I declare I want to know you. Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. 
I believe you're the Savior of the world. God's Son sent to save me. And today, I give you my life. Come into my heart, Jesus. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Spirit of God, I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my world. Come and lead me. God, I want to know you deeply. I want to know you in an intimate way. I want to be your favorite child in the room. I want to be the one that makes you smile, that brings joy to your heart. I want to be the one that you trust. God, today, I give myself to you that I may know you Thanks again for tuning in and listening to our Resurrection Sunday message for 2017. We hope it encourages you and empowers you to follow after Jesus. If you would like to learn more about Restoration Church, please visit our website. Just go to www.r4sq.org. We pray you have a great week. God bless.